continue reading a passage in Acts, staying with the book of Acts. I'm actually going to sort of flash forward, fast forward from chapter 2 to chapter 16. I'm going to read starting in verse 11. And what's interesting about this passage is just how epic it is. It's a little bit of a longer reading, but it's so many things happening right there, one after another. And there's something that all these things have in common that I want to talk to you about after we've read them. But you're, it's, it's almost like if, if you're ADD, you're going to love this passage because it hits on like four things uh, bouncing around. And, and just a little bit of context, what we're reading is a description of Paul at the beginning of a missionary journey he took to Macedonia. Right before this passage I'm reading, he had been given a vision by God of a man calling, saying, come to us. And so they're traveling to Macedonia, and here's what happens. Starting in verse 11, it says, <clears throat> excuse me, we boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrake, and the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank, where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She was baptized along with other members of her household, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us, urged us until we agreed. One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Which I think is interesting. It's not like she's doing a bad thing there, but it must have been super aggravating because of what happens next. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. 
And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Now, I look at stories, and the book of Acts is pretty amazing because you read stuff like this over and over again, and it's so epic. So many epic things happening there. Meeting a group of women on a riverbank, praying, and a whole family comes to Christ, and they all get baptized, and they insist you got to stay here. And then you got this slave girl who has a demon that's predicting things to happen, and her owners are making money on her. And Paul casts the demon out. They get all upset. They kind of cause a riot and a mob. They get arrested, get beaten, get persecuted severely, then have this worship service in jail, which results in this miraculous event. Well, the miraculous event happened where they could have escaped, but they didn't. To preserve that jailer's life, they didn't escape. And that jailer said, oh, I got to know who this Jesus who you sing about. (laughs) And so he and his family get saved and baptized after midnight. So here's what all these amazing epic events have in common. It is so obvious that we miss it. And you might even be wondering why I'm even making this point. But the thing they have in common is they did not happen at church. Think that through for a moment. They didn't happen at church. They happen in the day-to-day. They happen in the comings and goings of everyday life. Just walking around in the streets, just in the marketplace, just at the riverbank. These things happen. You had, when I look at this, it's like, you know, there were small groups happening. People meeting for prayer, people meeting in people's homes. Households being transformed, mission trips happening, miracles happening. People singing and praising God. All of that happening, not in church. And that's the point I want to make today is this. God does most of his work during Chick-fil-A hours. That's when he does most of his work. The good stuff happens Monday through Saturday. And I happen to believe that this is the best day of the week. I love it. I love getting to be with my church family and sing and worship. And we got these yard signs telling you to invite your neighbors and friends and coworkers to get here Sunday. But if you think that's great... God really gets going Monday through Saturday. Speaking of Chick-fil-A, how many of you have ever had a brain spasm and pulled into a Chick-fil-A on a Sunday? Isn't that disappointing? <laughs> and you almost feel guilty, like, oh, it is Sunday. I should have known that. I should have known that. Now, I'm making kind of a joke, trying to be a little creative here, but the truth is still true. We really are the church You really are the church. You really are the Jesus followers, the Christians. You really shine the moment you walk out these doors today. That's where it happens. That's where it gets real. And I think it's important for us to grasp this today because of all that we're about to go through this week, this past week, this next week. Maybe it's not a super big deal, but man, as a staff, we've been sort of circled. We've circled August 20th, like, man, we got a new worship schedule, and man, people are going to be going back to school. 
You know, we got college students in this room. They're moving into college. Some of them already did it last week. They're doing it, some are doing it today. Some are doing it next week. There's lots of transitions. There's lots of pages being turned. But no matter what you're doing, no matter where you go, no matter where you are, no matter what your story is, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, wherever it is you are Monday through Saturday, there is the church. And Sundays are awesome. We want you to bring people here, but let me tell you what Sundays are. They are a culmination and a preparation. You know what I think would make our Sundays great in this place? Is if we walk into this room completely blown away by what we saw God do Monday through Saturday before we stepped into this room. Like we're so excited because guess what? I actually have my neighbor coming with me. They saw my yard sign and they finally agreed to come try it out. And they're here sitting right next to me. So you've got this different level of excitement because what you did Monday through Saturday was a buildup to get ready for Sunday. Or maybe you walked out here and you talked at the connection booth and someone signed you up to be a greeter or someone to work with our kids So Monday through Saturday, you're getting ready to do what you're going to do, and then you walk onto this campus at 11969 Taylor Mill Road with anticipation that I am now ready to do what God has called me to do because I've been getting ready for it all this week. And then, of course, not just culmination but preparation. Then in this very room, we gather together and we worship and sing the praises of God and we open up His Word together and we hear these truths and we walk out these doors and we just live it. We just do it. We're ready now. We're equipped. Now let's go. Let's go. Sunday is a culmination and a preparation. So what, so what do you do Monday through Saturday? What should you and I be doing? I'm going to give you two things to consider. We talk about this a lot. But if you haven't heard it, hear it for the first time, hear it again. Grow in a group. Go, invite, and invest. It's two of our four G's we talk about here at Hickory Grove. Gather, grow, give, and go. On Monday through Saturday, before you walk into this place, I'm hoping that you have done something to grow with other people, to pray with other people, to open up his word together, to be accountable, to have conversation, to do life with other people. As much as I love this, What really is most powerful in your life is when you get in a smaller setting with other people and you start sharing and you start doing life together. Not only that, man, God has prepared us this morning to go out to wherever it is, whatever cubicle you work in, whatever cul-de-sac you live on, whatever hallway you walk in, wherever it is you go, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you take him with you there. So invite and invest. When I say invite, yeah, sure, we want you to invite people to come to church, especially this coming Sunday. We have three different hours. We're going to have more space. There's room to invite people to bring them in. Yes, definitely do that. That's, I think, a good, easy invite. But it's even more than that. It's inviting them into your life. Just taking time to talk to someone. Have you talked to every single neighbor that's on your street? What about the person that works just down the hall? Have you really, do you know them? Have you engaged them in conversation? Do you know what they're going through? Man, I'm here to tell you, when you start doing that, get ready, buckle up, because God is going to open doors. People start sharing stuff, and you're like, okay. 
Now I need to tell them I'm going to pray for them because of that stuff they're going through. Because you've invited them into your conversation, into your life, into your busy schedule. You've stopped, you've paused, and you've invited someone in and you've begun to invest in their life. Friends, that's what we're supposed to be doing Monday through Saturday. And it's not complicated. You don't need training for it. If you have Christ in you, just let him shine where you are. Just let him shine right where you are. Whatever street you live on, whatever job you have, whatever people are around you, I promise you, if you let Jesus shine in you and through you, he's going to spill out on somebody next to you. And it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. You hear us talking about the vision of Hickory Grove, if you've been coming here for a while. And this new schedule for Sundays, having three services, is definitely part of that. And yeah, man, we, we do want our attendance. We've set a little bit of a, we've set a, a pretty well, clearly spelled out attendance goal of being able to average 1,000 people coming on this campus on Sundays. We're actually not too, too far from that. That's the next goal. And we don't do that because we want to build attendance, friends. We do it because we want to build the kingdom of God. For every number, that's a soul. A soul that God wants to care for. God, a soul that God wants to save and transform. And if you and I don't be Jesus outside of these walls Monday through Saturday, they do not have a chance. The investment you make isn't merely building attendance. It's changing lives and families. I think one of the things that jumps out to me in that passage I just read is the word household. That even though it started with Lydia, her whole household was transformed. Even though it started with the jailer, his whole household was transformed. And friends, 85% unchurched in this county alone, we have a great mission field. People are desperate to see something different happen in their lives and they don't know how to experience it. They don't even know what that looks like. But friends, if you believe in Jesus, you have it. Now let's go invite and invest. And what's interesting if you've been doing that in any form or fashion, you know this to be true. When you grow in a group Monday through Saturday or Sunday night, when you go invite and invest, lives are changed, but the one we see front and center changing before our very eyes more than any other life is our very own life. Wouldn't you agree? Have you seen it? How you have been changed by God because you've let him shine in you and through you right where you are Monday through Saturday. So my question to you this morning is this. What are you going to do during the Chick-fil-A hours that stand before us right now? Tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What are you going to do? Let me give you some things to consider. First and foremost, if you do not have Christ in you, get him in you today. That's how you make Monday through Saturday the awesome days of the week until you get back here again as a culmination of all that happened the week before. That won't happen for you. I don't want Sundays to be merely like, ah, I got here because I'm, I'm in triage right now. That happens sometimes. What if Sundays for you became that moment where you're like, man, I saw God at work. God moved in my life Monday through Saturday. Now I'm here to celebrate that. And I'm here to get more prepared to do even more than next week. The only way that will ever happen is in you. And if you're in here this morning 
and you've never taken your first step of faith, I encourage you to do what it says in Romans 10, 13, where it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In my very office this past week, someone who'd been coming here for several weeks said, I know I need to do that, and now I want it. Tell me how to do it. He just talked to God and said, Jesus, save me. Take my life. It's yours. And he's begun a new chapter in his life. The transformation has begun. That can happen for you right here, right now today if you just call on his name. And if you've done that, then the thing I would ask you to do is simply this. Be a Jesus follower where you are. It's not rocket science. Just don't fall into the trap of being something different. The you that you are right here on Sunday, be that person Monday through Saturday and see what God does. Don't hold back. Don't mask it. Let him shine through you where you are. And then I'll ask you two questions as we close. First, who are you growing with? Do you have a community, a spiritual family around you that you can talk to every week, that you can pray with and they pray for you? You can share in life together. If you do not have that, then you must be here next Sunday at 5. So we'll make sure that happens in your life. Who are you growing with? And then my last question would be, how are you serving? How are you giving of your time and your talent, not just your treasure? If you are not serving in any way, you are missing the next level of your spiritual growth and many blessings that come from serving. And I invite you to see Matt out in that lobby afterwards and say, okay, I'm ready to serve. How how can I serve? Kind of like they say at Chick-fil-A. How can I serve you? Well, we are that for this world. We have Christ in us if you've placed your faith in him. And he does his best work Monday through Saturdays. I'm asking you, are you ready to leave this room today and be the one God uses to change a life and a family?